0: Hi, this is Michelle with Mom's Letting Go. I am here to bring mom's hope. If you are the mother of an addicted loved one, you're not alone. And there are many, many moms on this journey. So today I I have Marcia Bracken. I hope I pronounced that right. Um, on, on with did I great? <laughs> on with me today. And Marsha, I'll just give you some of her background. She began her journey into holistic health in 2014 um, as a result of some unforeseen medical necessities. And essential oil use became a new way of her life for her and her family. She studied physical therapy in college, human anatomy and physiology, Um, were some of the areas, but the world of emotions, informed self-care, and plant-based medicine in order to help heal physically and emotionally um, was nothing that she had studied but given thought to or even um, would have accepted as legitimate options. But now as an active and lifelong student of aromatherapy, emotional intelligence, and recovery support through essential oil use, Marcia enjoys meeting and working with people to help them come to understand the opportunities available to them. Teaching and sharing real, effective, sustainable, and understandable usage for individuals and families has become her daily profession. Currently, she works with juvenile youth and detention facilities. Marcia is able to witness how aromatherapy is highly successful in reducing stress, anxiety, and anger, while also improving sleep discomfort in this youth population. Wow. I am somebody, Marcia. Welcome, Marcia. Welcome. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. I think that any time I can be in somebody's presence who can help serve moms um, in their self-care arena is a benefit. And aromatherapy is something that I have absolutely no experience with. But I have a lot of uh, friends who swear by this, um, who have been helped by this. Um, I happen to be a woman of asthma issues later now in life that I never had earlier. So any scent just triggers me. Um, So I have to be careful. Absolutely. Um, So anyway... So I'm I'm anxious to hear what you have to say. So, how how has addiction been a part of your life? First of all, you know, um, well, in a, in a few different ways. Honestly, it started about uh, my awareness. Let's say started about ten years ago um, with my son, who was at the time nineteen. He's he's now twenty nine, almost thirty years old, and and some you know what you could assume were normal. Teenage behaviors slowly became um, behavioral changes that were getting out of control, just a shift in personality traits that I wasn't familiar with. Lots and lots of little signs that I never gave, you know, a lot of credence to honestly back then, but have shifted over the years into just extreme uh, substance use issues. Um, Lots and lots of, um, um, th- difficulty in navigating our way through this this issue that so many of us are faced with, and what I found in my experience was I felt completely alone and isolated. Like, I, not that I wasn't sure. aware that other people out there were were suffering, but not in my circle. You know, right? So, yeah, yeah, not in not in, at least not that I thought in my circle. You know, so yeah. for me, it's not something it's, to talk about, right? No, not at all. So about 10 years. Wow. Well, I'm sorry for your long journey, but I when I hear you say, you know, early on, um, you know, I think as moms, we kind of rack it up to teenage years and, you know, experimenting or just, you know, goofing off. It's like, okay, come on, let's quit the party and just get on with life now. Let's, let's get on to, you know. And so I know in, for us, I used to think that our son you know, this was just a temporary thing and that he was gonna grow out of it. So maybe you felt the same way early, early on until things got out of control, then you realize how how that's oh, not that's, the case. Yeah, you know, absolutely. I I think when I don't come from this space of substance use issues, right? because it's not me i just assume well of course that's not what this is you know and right. we'll get a handle on it and and exactly you oh. know hey knock it off or you know that's enough or um i just associated it with oh we've got to get through these these bumps in the road but i can the bumps got bigger and bigger and bigger you know yeah. um so i guess denial were my own um Lack of sure. desire to look at it more closely, you know. Um yeah. I can attribute a lot of my own potential missteps or my unwillingness to maybe think about things further early on. Now I could probably list out a hundred things that I wish I'd considered then. But that's what hindsight is, right? Yeah. Yeah, no yeah. kidding. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So if if you could talk to that younger self, you know, when he was nineteen. Um, what would you say to yourself What that you know now that you didn't know then? Is there anything that stands out? You know, I would have, you know, those little nudges or feelings that we might get or intuitions that we might have that I easily dismissed or, you know, didn't give a second thought to? I would have put myself earlier, you know, And not so quickly dismiss the thought that "Hmm, maybe we should look into this, you know, because I think life and families and marriages and businesses, you know, all the other things kind of easily creep in and and it just makes it really easy to dismiss what's right in front of my face that I wasn't focusing on. But I think now the biggest thing, because I don't think I realized, I know I didn't realize then the amount of shame. And the amount of, um, you know, to be frank, embarrassment and the rem- the amount of responsibility I felt early on. And yeah. um, if I could talk to myself now, back then, I'd say, listen, girl, this is not your fault. Yeah, right. you got to deal with it, you know, but this is not your fault. This isn't something you and, and uh, my husband didn't do or didn't do well enough or should have done more of or better. You know, yeah. and when we came into full realization as to what we were dealing with, those were the thoughts that consumed me. Sure, I yeah. I don't think it's any different for other moms either. In talking to them, I think we all go through that for different reasons. Um, I I and once our son was in recovery, that was one of the questions I said to him. You know, what, what could I have done differently? What did I do wrong? Yeah. Oh my goodness. Over and over again, he said, Mom, even you asking that, he said, makes me feel more shameful because this was nothing you did or didn't do. This was all me. This was my stubbornness of not getting help. This was my, you know, not admitting that I had a problem. This was, this was me. Um, and oh, what a day that was when he released me from those guilt feelings um, because I think of all the jobs moms had, it's, it's the most important one when you're a mom is to parent your children and you take it so seriously. I remember when he was a teenager, he said to me once, you don't even know, know how to be a mom. you got to read all those books. <laughs> <laughs> I may or may not have heard that kind of thing, Yeah. <laughs> He was so rotten. He was so rotten. He admits it now, you know. But um and I did want I mean, I was like so serious about making sure I I did all the right things, right? And um but yeah, it's we have to we have to release ourselves. And thank you for sharing that because um that's really important. So moms, if you're listening and, and you're new at this, here we are these um, seasoned moms, if you will, and we're looking back and we're saying just let go of the guilt because it just doesn't serve you well. It doesn't serve anybody well. And um, and you know, you know just, what, Michelle, the, yeah. the emotional trauma that we do or do not recognize in those early days, that's building. We're building new belief systems in our own selves that we're not even aware of every single day, right? And accepting yeah. the, this issue as is failures or or the grief that's associated with it, the loss, the isolation, the loneliness. You know, right. I have dealt on my own with mental health my entire adult life.
1: Yeah. I just
0: have, you know, anxiety yeah. and depression. And, and um, you let those things, it's like a runaway train when your family right. is now you know, on the line, and and so to all the newer moms out there, you are not alone. You know, you are not isolated. If I could take a rock and pick it up and throw it in a in a room of a hundred people, and I could likely find twenty people that that rock would land on that have been directly affected by this to the level I have, or maybe you have, Michelle. Right. And of yeah. that twenty, there's probably another sixty that know someone. You know, so this is a huge, huge topic of conversation that we just don't talk about. No. And and I quite, yeah. Yeah, I feel like it's getting better, but then I think, well, Michelle, it's probably because that's where you're ministering right now. So you hear it all the time, right? But um, I'd like to believe that the stigma is changing and it starts with us. So, again, thank you for sharing. Um, Yeah, absolutely. this wasn't in, like, my... Um, mind before I quote kind of met you but how have you found like a reduction in your mental health like in the anxiety and the trauma using your aromatherapies like and and is there something that you can recommend that moms try to calm -calm self-calm themselves you know themselves or Um, to control maybe some of the anxiety they're working with right now? Is there something that comes to mind? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and there's there's something you can do. It's called diffusing. Okay? It looks like a little mini fogger, as my husband will still call it. You know, you can get these little diffusers. They're everywhere now. Five, six years ago, I couldn't find them anywhere. I had to order them. But you can diffuse anything citrus is going to help uplift your mood. It's going to help ease the feelings of um, anxious thoughts. It's going to help uplift feelings associated with, you know, in my case, depression, right? And depression yeah. and anxiety kind of go hand in hand. I consider them evil right. twin sisters, right? When one is yeah. rising, the next one's coming. And then when one is up, one, you know, it, it just is a yeah. never-ending battle. So I did go down medication road for a long time. You know, I went to my doctor. I did what I'm supposed to do. I said I need help. I'm having a difficult time with my thoughts and feelings. I'm in a very overwhelming situation at home. I'm not sure what to do, and my mind is 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 winning. And so my first suggestion oh. is be bold enough to say I need some help. Right. Good. My first yeah. My first go around was with medication, and I think in certain situations, that is absolutely the right thing to do. But what I learned um, through, you know, further kind of working on myself was I didn't want to live in a state of numb. And the medications yeah. I took to help me, which did help me in the beginning, left me numb and feelingless, right? And that's no way to live either. So no. it was suggested uh-huh. to me, by a healthcare professional. Have you tried alternatives? And I'm like, no, you know, that's not what I came here for. You know, yeah, we want instant fixes, right? I get it. I went for a different prescription, to be quite honest, you know, and that's not what I came there for, you know, and, and this gentleman was of a, of, a, of a, you know, different nationality, and he's like, hey, this is what we do, and this is a neurosurgeon that was talking to me, to be quite honest with you. He's like, I need you to learn rest and relaxation. And you want to help your husband, who at the time is dealing with some things, too, deal with rest and pain management? Look at these things. Look at the body as a whole. And that's, Good. you know, long story short, where my journey into this began. And and I started um, playing with these oils and having immediate emotional responses to them. Wow. And it's amazing, Michelle. Powerful. You know. When, yeah, maybe another time or another place, right? But it's 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 very powerful, right? And we don't need all of the synthetics and medications to help bring us into spaces of of feeling better or easing anxiety or helping promote sleep, which when we don't sleep well, how is your next day? Oh yeah, forget it. I'm so yeah. bad if I don't sleep. Oh, yeah, I can't breathe just thinking about a night without sleep. Like, I just can't function. I'm really bad. Um, so if somebody were going to start, so even somebody like me, I've never tried any. Is there is there something that I could read? Is there something you would recommend I try um, to, to just start? Where would you yeah. recommend starting? You know, and... Um, I would recommend, A, being open to the possibility, right, that something so simple as a bottle of wild orange essential oil could make a difference, so impactful that you could get through the end of the day and go, you know what, I really think that helps. So where would I start? Um, A, in your willingness to be open to it. You've already started. B, you know, most of my work is in, in, you know, small consults with people just teaching them how to start. And see, it would be directing you towards um, information and literature geared towards the benefits of aromatic use of essential oils. Start doing okay. self-research and study, right? Look at the, yeah. the opportunities out there beyond that of our pharmaceuticals. And Good. that's Good. what I did. You know, I went to Dr. Google. Which um, Dr. Google? I went <laughs> I to Dr. It. Google, you know, because I thought the physician who was suggesting this was a little um crazy. Sure. And so yeah, start I, look, looking into it for yourself, you know. I I did acupuncture last year for the first time, yeah. and I did it the first time, and I ended up buying a whole package, and so I went back. I I can't remember now. I I was having tennis elbow, um and nothing was working because I'm an avid pickleball player. I'm such a, oh. a dork, <laughs> yeah, but, but I I hurt my elbow, and nothing was helping, and I wanted to play, and so eventually I started playing left-handed, and then I would go get acupuncture, but what I found with that is is kind of probably, I'm sure she had something in her room, because it always was um, diffused, like with something in there um, that was right. relaxed and peaceful, and um, my husband said, So she stuck needles in you, but you found that relaxing <laughs> so, yeah, so it is uh it, it sounds so bizarre, but until you try it until you understand how that helps your energy flow in your body to help you relax, um you can't knock it, so it it um anyway, that's just another alternative medicine that oh. you know i I would Strongly recommend people research to help with their self-care. Oh, absolutely! And you know, when you're talking holistic stress management, you know, I went on to study holistic stress management um, um, teachings too last year, and all of this counts. You're so right. I mean, there's a there's a something called auricular acupuncture. I began that a few years ago. You know, just a five point acupuncture treatment in the ear. It is so wildly successful with people in substance use. So we're talking my son and me. You're addressing the sympathetic, the parasympathetic of your nervous system, right? You're helping express detoxification for the kidney, the liver, the lungs, right? You're opening the spirit gate through one of the points in the ears to allow for spiritual healing. This is what homeostasis is. You know, and you and I both and probably many of the listeners on here have, we live in fight or flight. Okay, your cortisol is just pumping, non-stop. We live in, I lived in fight or flight so long. I developed an autoimmune disorder. Your body can only take it so long, Michelle. Yeah. You know, and it was my own stubbornness and unwillingness. And, you know, I can and will fix this. Well, I made myself sick over it. Sure. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's, our body's natural response, fight or flight. And we think we can do it all. Moms especially. Boy. Oh, that, yeah. isn't that what our job is? I mean, no one gave me a I rule know. book, but somehow, you know, <laughs> I know. I feel like I wear a cape all the time and then I'm, I am I look in the mirror and I'm like, okay, you need to chill for a bit. So I, yeah, I've just been a really good napper lately and I can nap for 20 minutes and be totally rejuvenated. So um, it's kind of like a meditation type thing. So, And you you, know what that tells me as a, you know, as someone who talks to people all the time, that tells me you listen to yourself now, you know, and you you trust yourself. Right. Well, I'm such a, I'm such an empath and so many moms are. And, and I did just did that little stint on compassion, fatigue and being an empath and understanding and paying attention to our energy and what, what is taking it from us and what gives it back to us and being in tune to that is, is so important. Well, I, this is so interesting. I was, I thought we were going to talk about a little bit today about conversations with our addicted loved ones. And isn't it interesting how God um, showed up and decided that, you know, we were going to talk a little bit about, self-care in a different way. So that's cool. But um, I guess, are, are you open to kind of talking a little bit about conversations with your addicted loved one? Now you, it, He's in recovery now, is that correct? Yes, he is again. Um, it's been about three months. Um, he okay. had a two-and-a-half-year stint. Uh, very successful recovery. We consider these uh, setbacks. Right? Um, right. He's been on and off this journey a few times. Um, had a very, very difficult year. 2019 was an extremely difficult year. He's found his way back onto a path for him now, and it has been about uh, three months. So, you know, again, he's picked up the tools he's used in the past, so he's using them now. and um, Congratulations. He, he Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So do you, I'm just curious because I've often thought about this. I mean, our son's 38, so he's quite a bit older than yours. But do you create weekly, monthly conversation moments with him? And and how do you you keep your um, dialogue open with him? Can you share some of that? Yeah, you know, all I've really wanted, you know, one of the things I miss most during the during the times when communication was difficult at best, you know, to say the least. I miss the everyday just saying hi, you know, or how are you, or what's going on. We've always been a family that like to check in with each other, not daily, you know. It's like they, we all have lives. But um, I always, I've learned that Nikki, all I miss, you know, all I want is to say hi to you. You know, I would I I miss talking to you. Um, I nice. miss just sharing with you. And our communication had gone extremely south. I don't know if you can relate or any other people can relate, yeah. but substance use was all we talked about. Okay, and in his moments of one of where I failed Quite honestly, for quite a while until I understood what I was doing, I was so obsessed, truthfully, with his sobriety. I felt like I was always checking boxes with him. Did you do this? Did you do that? How's this? How's that? How was Whoa. that conversation? How was that conversation? Did you call yeah. probation? How did that go? You know, and I had really missed many opportunities to just say hi, connect. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. so I'd find a moment of sobriety or a few weeks of sobriety with him and I'd be like, Oh my gosh, okay, now we can talk. How's this going? How's that going? And that was completely something that if I could redo, now that I have learned what I have learned, I would. And so now what do we do? Hey, we just have weekly check ins, you know, or hey, you wanna text, say hi? I like talking better than texting. So I'll say, you know, if you wanna if you wanna talk to me, hey, should me a text, let's get on the phone. Right, you know, Mm and um, and we've kind of learned to set up the dialogue when we do get on the phone. I I was just calling to say hi. How's it going? You know, or how was your day? day?" Or you're a better listener now. Oh, way. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like way. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. had I developed that skill, Michelle? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Well, I still have to work on it. You know what I do sometimes? I'll think, okay, I'm going to I'm gonna see him or I'm going to talk to him today. So this is what you're going to do, Michelle. Like I have these self-talks and I'm going to be I, – I tell myself that I'm going to use the I statements more. I'm not going to, you know, um, <laughs> I'm just going to encourage. I'm just going to empower and mirror what he says. Oh, so what you're saying is blah, 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 blah. And so I find myself – working to do that instead of emotionally reacting. You're so um, right. You're you're a smart. Woman. But it's so hard. I, mean, it's, I know. It's <laughs> yeah, it, but but wow, is it powerful? Like I don't know how you are, but and I'll even write myself a note sometimes before I talk to him and I'll say to myself like don't bring up this, don't, you know, this isn't a shaming conversation. This is just going to be for this purpose. Stay focused. And, um, and then when I hang up and I, you know, I realize that I did what I wanted to do. um, It's like, yes, I applaud myself. You were so, you were so right. And, and, you know, through some different models of trainings that I've taken, and you were absolutely talking about craft training right now, you're actually setting up your communication plan. Right. And, through what I've learned, you want to set up positive communication components, and you just explained all of them. Right? Oh, really? You thought about, oh, you did. You you thought about wanted what you wanted it to say. You're using the pious statements. You know your pious statements. You know what are pious statements? Those are components of communication. We want to keep it positive. We want to begin with I when we can. We want to show understanding, and we want to share responsibility. Right. So you yeah. and I, as these mothers who are supposed to know how to communicate with our kids, how to actually step back and say, okay, here's, not, here's what I'm not going to do in my communication plan going forward. Whether or not they participate is not on us. This, right. is, what we, this is what we can yeah. do. All I can control is myself. Right. That's right. Well, just, just so moms understand, I think you um, just mentioned the craft um i guess training or method of communication craft tell tell the listeners what craft is and that is c r a f t because i found this online um when i was you know just trying to get healthy and stay healthy with addiction and i think their program is something you've been through am i right it has. It, it, yeah, you're right. You're right. I wanted to. Um, in my area, where I live, there is not a support group available uh, for for parents of addicted loved ones. I know you're associated with PAL. I looked in the PAL, and I needed someone to teach me tools. You know, and yeah, uh, I needed someone to say, hey. I tried that too. try this and I couldn't find it. So it's my journey with this has been trial and error. Right. And yeah. I ran into craft Doctor Robert Jane Myers is a PhD and he developed this that way, you know, many, many, many years ago. And he primarily teaches to, you know, practitioners and um, healthcare professionals. And when I was in Washington, D.C. this past summer, we were there, um, you know, with some uh, advocating for addiction and recovery. Um, I met a group of people out of Utah, and they took the teaching by Dr. Robert Myers, and they did an adaptation of it, and it's called CRAFT. And this is, um, this is developed for family members of loved ones um, suffering with substance use. And so I took myself to a facilitator training workshop in Indiana um, this past year, and I learned these tools. There is a phenomenal book that you can get online, and it's called Get Your Loved One Sober. It's alternatives to Nagging, Pleading, and Threatening by Dr. Robert J. Myers. And this entire training is based in this book. And I, kept, I was sitting there at the training going, well, where was this? You know. I know. <laughs> like, me too. Yeah. Seriously. I'm like, really? And we walked through literally page by page, passage by passage, so that I could learn to help another mom maybe see something through a lens they hadn't considered looking through before. And my greatest takeaway from this was this communication piece. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I could have done this years ago. Right. But we we don't live in that rear view mirror. I know better now. Right. You know. So, and, um, so was this something that, was this a training program, like, that met so often, like every so often, or did you do it online? How did no. you learn? <laughs> okay, this is the this is a, a, a primary funded family support system in the state of Utah exclusively. Oh, yeah, okay. and I met these awesome gals in the hallways of Congress in Washington, and we were just talking about our kids, right? They're moms too, oh. just like you and I. And I'm like, listen, I am here to try to figure out how to bring something for families, local to me, and I need some training and help. And they're like, oh, well, it's, you know, it's not by happenstance we met. And so we met and we followed up with each other for several months. And then the state of um, uh, Indiana, not Indiana, yeah, Indiana, Indiana, um, had been awarded some grant funding to teach this family model and they invited me to come. I'm not a healthcare professional, right? I wanted to learn it from the family standpoint so that I can come back to my local community and say, hey, a couple friends, let's get together and let's share this with each other because then if we pass this on, we right. might be able to make a tiny, tiny ripple in, in what some of these families are feeling. So no, it's not regularly trained anywhere right now. It's completely volunteer run. I will share every resource I have with you you know, and um, it's all based in this awesome book that you can get on Amazon. I just took it a few steps further. Can you mention the name of that one more time, the book? Sure. It's called um, Big Red Letters Sober. It's Get Your Loved One Sober, Alternatives to Nagging, Pleading, and Threatening. I think I've seen it. Okay, it's green, and I'll I'll share that um, link on in the podcast information so that if somebody wants to look it up, it it should be there too. I'll look it up on the Amazon and find it.
1: So, oh, absolutely!
0: Um, I even think you know. Side note: It would be an awesome. My 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 hope is to maybe bring it to a. Um, maybe a podcast format it should be accessible to everyone and it should be free you know and we all need these tools and uh we just have to figure out how to how to get it out there okay good yeah we can have to talk about that maybe do uh some kind of um a workshop an online workshop or something and teach that that might that might definitely be something worth looking into. For sure. Well, um, is there anything else that you would like to share that you think moms could benefit from um, before we kind of go on our day today? I think that, you know, what you told and shared with me about your son and what he said to you and how this had nothing to do with what you did, didn't do, wish you would have done, could have done, You know what, Michelle, my son, very recently, and and I'll I'll share openly, right out of the ICU this year, told me those exact words. Yeah. And he said it before. And to me, it's been one of the greatest gifts and hardest lessons, (laughs) you know, because it set me free from a lot of the things I felt as a mom. The burden is heavy and the burden is real. And, and we carry it, you know. But the yeah, bottom line is, um, if our loved ones, our children are adults, they hold all the power. And I think yeah. if we can learn, they hold all the power. And if we can learn I, to just love them as they are, right. accept them. Right. Yeah. yeah. I yeah. I believe, though, so. and I'm working on something right now. In a training program, I believe that if they can find their purpose, and it's not just addicts, it's not just no. you know addicts in recovery, but if we can all find our purpose by um, searching for our to our higher power for 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 that purpose, that that's where we're going to find fulfillment, and that's where we're going to stay in recovery no matter what our addiction or what our problems. Um, Because when it's spirit led, when our purpose and who we are and what we, we were created to do comes into fruition, it's like nothing can stop us. Right. And we can stay so focused on that. So that is something I firmly believe too. Um, I do too. But yeah. Um, one other thing, this this year, I had to speak at an event where it was for moms who had lost a loved one to addiction. And I went to five different recovering addicts, and I said, I'm going to be speaking to moms. What can you tell me? What can you give me that they need to hear? And so I asked them this question, If you had died in active addiction, what would you want your mom to know? What would you want your mom to know if you had died in active addiction? And all five of these people cried as they wrote their letter, and they sent it to me. And in their letters, they said, Mom, there was nothing you could have done differently There was nothing that you did to contribute to my illness. Um, I was stubborn. I was in denial. I want you to make my life um, worse something in, in that, you know, continue on in my legacy so that you reduce the stigma, so that you can help others who are in addiction. But it was so comforting to these moms in the room to hear these because some of these addicts that were giving me this had overdosed but come back to life so they knew really you know the power of what what they could have and and they were all like I'm sorry mom for putting you through this like they were all so apologetic too so it was just so heart-wrenching but powerful to hear it's, it's true, you know, and, and, and our, son, our son said the exact same thing. And my whole thought in this, wanting to learn and better educate myself and understand more, I firmly believe that no one chooses addiction, okay? In my opinion, and I, again, my opinion is addiction is the result of unresolved feelings and traumas, right?
1: Yeah. Everyone just
0: wants to feel better. No one chooses this path. No one now, You know, no. I think it can get prover- pro- progressively worse, obviously. I mean, obviously. And it gets uglier no. and uglier. But no one chooses this. And no. I think if um, we could just stop and recognize that there is real pain there and set aside what it looks like, right? we exactly. could begin to help each other heal. Yeah, You know, because that's oh, ultimately it. what they want. If only we could wave that wand, right? Yeah. Well, make that happen. Well, Marcia, thank you so much for your time today. And Oh, it's I, been my pleasure. I hope that our listeners will find value in this. I, I believe they will. And for those of you listening, um, feel free to download the book, Mom's Letting Go Without Giving Up. Um, you can join our Facebook group to find support and um, jump in and introduce yourself to the rest of us and we god bless you and we're signing off take care